text for the sermon today is taken from Matthew 27, beginning at the 15th verse, which writes, Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The the governor again said to them, which of the two do you want me to ask for, to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. That is the text. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. That text that we just, you just heard, the text that you heard from the Gospel of Mark, That is how much Jesus loves you. I mean, in order to understand this, you have to think about what it means to be scourged, what it means to be flogged. These are things that don't happen in our culture anymore. What it was is 
Jesus was brought there. The idea was from Pilate was maybe he could appease the crowd and they would let Jesus go. And so we had Jesus sent over and they used the whip that is known as the cat nine tails Why it's called that is because the threads of the, the rope look like nine tails of a cat. And so they t- that whip that has these nine little th- cords would be embedded with sheep bone and nails and, and sharpened rocks and glass, whatever they could find to embed in it. And then they would use that whip and they would strike it against whoever it was be. So Jesus, as it was mentioned, if you heard that in Romanus Melodius, which by the way is one of the hardest people there are to find his writings, but his writings are incredibly beautiful. But as he mentioned in there, they, sew, they, tie, they um, fasten him to a pillar, to a post. So think of like, a, like what you, you chop wood on. They, they fastened to him to a post like that so they can whip him. And see, the reason for that, that bone is that when it connects with the flesh, it attaches like Velcro. So that when they reach back to whip again, they tear the flesh. Up to nine strips of flesh torn off. And they would do it Again and again and again. Under Jewish law, Jews had what was the 40 minus 1 lashings. They would actually use a whip and they'd whip the person 39 times. The reason they would do 39 times is because they believed that 40 would kill a man. And so they would always go one short of that. But that was the practice of the Jews. Jesus was being tortured by the Romans. And the Romans went until they were tired. That's been, if you've seen The Passion of the Christ, there's some people that talk about that movie and say, that movie is just so violent, just too violent. And one pastor made the comedy and says, no, it's not violent enough. Because we have no idea what that was like. After they were done flogging him, the soldiers took him away and they began to mock him and ridicule him. They stripped him. And they put on this purple and scarlet robe. Which, by the way, what's the colors for Lent? Purple. The traditional color for um, Holy Week up until... Maundy Thursday is actually scarlet, not red. It's just that most churches don't have scarlet. But they put it on him. And they place the crown of thorns upon him. And they strike him, strike it into the, the crown of thorns so that the thorns may be driven into his skull. And that robe, they would let it soak into the blood, into the wounds. Jesus' back would have looked like a pile of raw hamburger meat. And they let that robe soak in so that when they strip it off, it's like duct tape being ripped off of your lips. It's only worse. 
That is what Jesus endured. Such incredible pain. Incredible suffering. The flogging, so many people never survived it. Because their heart would just give out from the sheer amount of the pain that they were enduring. One of the things I liked, and actually raise your hand, how many of you have actually seen The Passion of the Christ? Okay. If you've never seen, I know it's not an easy one to watch, sit down and watch it. it it's a very powerful, it's, it's not a popcorn and soda movie, just sit and watch it. But, one of the things that was amazing in that movie, they showed Jesus getting up over and over. And there's a TV show called Family Guy, if you're familiar with it. When that show, that show did a little parody on that. And it was kind of ironic because the creator of Family Guy is a very strong atheist. And when he gets a chance, he likes to mock Christianity. But it was really ironic in the opening scene of one of their episodes... They show Peter, the main character, sitting there watching the passion of the Christ. And he says, you know, if I were Jesus, I would have just sit there and, do so, and take it. I would get up and do something about it. And the thing is, like, you know what? You didn't, they didn't mean to it, and it shows that he doesn't get it. Like, yeah, Jesus could have. The thing is, Jesus could have ended it at any moment. He could call upon a legion of angels to his defense. How well do you think the Roman Empire was going to stand up to 10,000 angels? Not very well. But he didn't. He let it keep happening. The reason he didn't die at that pillar was because he still had another place to go. Because he had to go and fulfill the prophecies of Scripture. The prophecy wasn't just that he was going to be whipped and flogged. The prophecy was that he would be nailed to the wood. Nailed to the cross. His hands and feet would be pierced. His day really was just beginning. And he's going through this. He's enduring this because of us. Here's a quote by Cyprian. He's a, one of the great uh, church fathers. He says, Jesus received the spit, spittings of insulters who with his spittle had a little before made eyes for a blind man. And he in whose name the devil and the angels is now scourged by his servants himself suffered scourgings. He was crowned with thorns who crowns martyrs with eternal flowers. He was smitten on the face with palms who gives the true palms to those who overcome. He was despoiled of his earthly garment, his clothes, others in the vesture of immortality. He was fed with gall who gave heavenly food. He was given to drink of vinegar who appointed the cup of salvation. 
that guiltless, that guiltless, that just one. Nay, he who is innocency itself and justice itself is counted among transgressors. And truth is oppressed with false witnesses. He who shall judge is judged. And the word of God is led silently to the slaughter. And when at the eye, at the cross of the Lord, the stars are confounded, the elements are disturbed, the earth quakes, the night shuts out the day, the sun, the day, the sun, that he may not be compelled to look on the crime of the Jews, withdrew both his rays and his eyes. He speaks not, nor is moved, nor declares his majesty, even in his very passion itself, even to the end, all things are born perseveringly and constantly in order that in Christ the full and perfect patience may be consummated. Think about, combine that and what you heard from Rome, Melodius, or Rome, Romanus Melodius. The one who spoke to Moses and Aaron by the cloud, pillar of cloud the one who led the people of Israel by a pillar of fire, which, by the way, if you've been listening throughout Lent, that, you know, the evening prayer, that opening prayer, I pray, I chant that, you know, who led your, pillar, um, your people by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I say, we said that now six weeks in a row. That same one is the one tied to the pillar, tied to the post to be beaten. He's doing it because he is carrying every last sin that has ever been committed in the history of the world. Everything from the very first, that time when Eve listened to the serpent, to when Cain murdered Abel, to when Noah got drunk and passed out, and when his son was ashamed of his father, to the, those who built the Tower of Babel, to Abraham who, who pawned off his wife as his sister, and Isaac who did the same, to Jacob who, who committed deceit to steal the birthright from his brother, to Esau who gave in to, was angered by it, to Joseph's brothers who sold him into slavery, to Moses who killed the Egyptian, to the people of the judges, to Saul, to David who killed Bathsheba's husband and committed adultery with Bathsheba, to Solomon who had 700 wives and 300 concubines, which means 700 mother-in-laws, to all of the other kings that followed him, to those who got so corrupt that led to the exile, to the ones that led the Israelites into captivity, through all of those sins, to Peter's denial, to Judas's betrayal, to the disciples who fled him, to every sin that you have ever committed, every little white lie, Every moment when you were not satisfied with something in your life. Every moment where we came up with an excuse to not spend time in God's word. 
Every time we came up with an excuse to not attend the divine service, to not receive his supper, every time, every little sin, the smallest ones that nobody knows about but you, or even the ones that you don't know about, he took on every last one of them. That is why the creator of the universe, justice himself, innocency himself, is taking on this severe punishment because he loves you. Not because there's anything wonderful in you. That's the thing that we want to sometimes, when people are depressed, we want to say, look at how, look at all these good things about you. The problem is, Eventually, people go, eventually, it doesn't work anymore. This is where I love um, Dr. Lamb at the L.W. Mel Convention. I've used this many times, but I loved his analogy of the tapestry. I'm not going to go into the full analogy, but I'm just going to go straight to the plot point. Something is valuable because of who makes it, very often. I mean, think about it. What's the difference between getting an iPod made by, an iPhone made by Apple, and if you found an iPhone made by Bob's, Bob's Garage? It's going to be a little different. Who, the person that made it tells us something. God made you. Jesus loves you because you belong to him. You are his. That's why he loves you. That's why you're valuable, not because of yourself, but because of him who made you, him who died for you. This is why he's enduring this. Because he is willing to literally go to hell itself in order to redeem you, to give you eternal life, to give you salvation. This is why this, these words are read at the, the words of the, of the passion, are read next to bedsides when someone is, about, is in their last moments. It's because it's because of that. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of his resurrection that we know that we have eternity. This is what he endured for us. So what does it do to you for your life? What does it do to you? Does that, you know, as we're going to, you're going to sing stricken, smitten, and afflicted. That third verse, ye who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here may view his, its nature rightly. Here its guilt may estimate. Mark the sacrifice appointed. See who bears the awful load. Tis the word, the Lord's anointed, Son of Man and Son of God. I would hope that the love of Christ would compel us to love our neighbors. As you heard about uh, Lutheran family services, think of the ways that they support. Think of the ways that we can support. And honestly, if there are people that are looking for church work, we have severe, desperate need for church workers, in case you don't know. This district, we have 24 churches looking for a pastor right now. So, and 
there's a whole slew of money in our district just waiting to pay for you to go to a Concordia. Just so any of, any of you that are at that point thinking about that, just letting you know, because we are that desperate for church workers. We're running out. We need people proclaiming the gospel because there's no more important message. There's no more important truth. And it's for that reason that we keep learning God's word. Because think about it. Somebody stepped in front of a bullet that was headed towards you and made sure that you lived and they died. Would you not want to right away find out who their family was? Find out a little thing or two about that person? Probably a lot. I know a lot of times you hear people who receive a do- like a, an organ donation or something like that. They want to find out who the donor is. Because they want to know who saved them. Jesus saved you from more. That's why we spend as much time as we could possibly spend with him. May it be so. And may we be witnesses of this incredible love. Because it wasn't just for you. It was also for the whole world. Tell others that this is how much Jesus loved them. Do this until he returns. In Jesus' name, amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen. Please stand, or actually you can remain seated, just kidding, as we continue with hymn 451.